Hello again everybody. Uh, today we're going to explore the topic of Hunter Biden and his laptop antics. His new book release, Beautiful Things, seems quite a thing to be promoting from what we know about his dealings over the last decade. Hello again, everybody. Uh, happy Sunday to all of you. So today we're going to go through uh, some of what's been known about Hunter Biden for quite a long time. Um, there's been a great push recently to uh, improve his uh, standing, I guess you would call it. Uh, um, I guess you could call it his. Uh, they're trying to improve his um, improve his image. So that the public can accept his misdeeds, which are vast, uh, traitorous, as a word that comes to mind over and over again, depraved. Um, I'm highly cynical of any remorse whatsoever ever being produced by this man. He's 50 years old. He's not a boy. He's not a child. And we all have had our shortcomings, don't get me wrong. I, 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 I of all people, can um, relate to the to some of the um, character assassination that goes on in, in uh, a person's life and, and have to make better on the choices that one does. And that happened to me 20 years ago. But uh, this isn't about me. This is uh, focusing on him. The reason why it's so important is this This is not somebody who hasn't uh, been given op ample opportunities to uh, to improve his life. I mean, he was doing this, uh, uh, you know, in his 40s. The last decade of his life has been one big, uh, um, I would say, one big uh, coke-induced or meth-induced uh uh, I guess you could say a uh, uh, motivated job. I mean, that's what it is. He's he's been on he's been, he's been on a decade terror of tearing up our country uh, through his uh, through his uh, father. 
doing things for his father, getting money, making deals, uh, selling out the United States of America. And he just got paid $3 million, I think a $3 million advance to release this book called Beautiful Things. So we're going to start with, uh, actually, he just did a recent, when I say they're trying to uh, build, rebuild his reputation. So he shows up on Jimmy Kimmel Live, who I've never watched any significant amount of time in my entire life. I think I maybe have seen like one or two, one or two uh, snippets, you know. So I looked it up and we're going to play Jimmy Kimmel and let him go from there. Our next guest is probably the most famous board member of a Ukrainian energy company of all time. His new memoir is called Beautiful Things. Uh, in case you've been wondering where he is, welcome Hunter Biden. <laughs> tell you i um after reading this book i'm impressed that you're alive i really am it is amazing that you are alive after all the crazy things that you've been through it was a uh it was a it was a journey but thank god i made it through yeah no kidding and a lot of the things that you detail happened here in this neighborhood uh <laughs> like right around here yeah it's like yeah. you were doing crack at the places that i eat yeah, well, I, I, not not intentionally. I wasn't stalking you. <laughs> no, no, I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't think you were. <laughs> but, um, you know, I feel like I learned a lot about crack, and I know that sounds weird, yeah. but you hear about it, and you see it on TV shows and, you know, uh, the news every once in a while, but I learned how to get I really think I could get it now, thanks to your book. <laughs> I hope that wasn't the message. <laughs> this is not a how-to manual. No, it's not a how-to. Oh. Well, I missed. It's a, I misread the whole it's thing. A, then. It's a please. A please don't manual. It's a please don't. Yes. Yeah, no. Please absolutely. Don't. It's. Yeah. I listen. If somebody reads this book and then goes, "I should try crack afterwards," well, then they. No, yeah. They, they, they didn't finish the book. They, <laughs> no, didn't, they, the book. they didn't start yeah. the book. They yeah, didn't yeah, finish yeah, the book. Exactly. But um, yeah. you, uh, in fact. Like, where we're situated right now, the Roosevelt Hotel is right across the street from us. This is where yeah. you had, would you call it a bender? Is I was a, at every hotel in Los Angeles, basically. You'd hold um, up there yeah. until every, they and every, out. Every motel, every hotel, until they, uh, until they wouldn't have a room for me <laughs> the next day. It One of the stories was you went just down the block from us to Sunset La Brea and yeah. you looked for some guys who might be able to yeah. get you something. Yeah. And um, yeah. then you wound up getting it and yeah. using crack with them. Were those yeah. guys dressed as Spider-Man by any chance? <laughs> No, well, maybe I don't know. <laughs> some things I don't I don't recall exactly. But you know, it, I, I wrote about it and I uh, and in vivid detail because. Um, you know, I think the question that most addicts have a, a really hard time answering and what everybody that's a non-addict wants the answer to is why. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a simple answer, and, the, and that's because it works at first until mm -hmm. it doesn't. And for me, um, it was really important to be completely honest about the entire experience. But it certainly was not a how-to manual. No, but it is yeah. a very vivid and detailed description of what it feels like to use crack. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I've not used crack 
but I do feel like I understand it now. And I did think it was especially interesting uh, when you spoke about, when you wrote about the fact that what happens the first time you use it is something you chase for the rest of the time you use it. It never, yeah. it's never what it was that first time. Ever. It never. And that's like every drug. Um, you know, I mean, to tell you the truth, the most insidious drug for, um, uh, for me, and I think for many people um, that deal with addiction, is alcohol. Um, but crack... So, so far we're almost four minutes into this interview and all he's talked about is crack in, in his book and, and supposedly being, you know, forthright and forthcoming with everything. And I haven't gone... Uh, this is a 13-minute uh, interview, or roughly 13-minute. We're going to play play another uh, three or four minutes, but... I want you to get the the idea that obviously they're starting from the from the basis of I'm a I'm a crack addict and um, this is what I've learned from my addiction and now I just mentioned alcohol which is you know we haven't even got into the the, the parts about uh, some of his other dealings and we'll just see the thing is is obviously you're not going to put that on a TV. This is called uh everybody can relate to my crack addiction. Everybody can relate to addiction. Um I can relate to addiction. Um and we we all have our flaws and shortcomings in our life. Don't don't get me wrong on that. I'm not you know smashing addiction, but this is a little bit more uh in, intense than addiction. Addiction is a nice cover for everything else he was doing. Addiction is just a uh, an excuse to, uh, I guess you could say, an easily compromisable excuse, which of course is why we're we're discussing this topic. Brought me to a place that uh, I I never had been to before, um, both in terms of the high, to be completely honest, but absolutely as it relates to the low. It was an absolutely awful experience at the end, and it was an awful experience throughout. After that first time, um, uh, all you do is live in a lot of guilt and a lot of shame. Yeah, and also it's very difficult for, I mean, listen, we know you, you've had a hard life. There's no question about it. Right from, you know, from when you were very young, tragedy uh, struck your family. And, of course, you know, it's easy to draw lines from this to that or whatever, but there definitely is a chemical element uh, to addiction. Yeah. And and these things that you went through... um, were horrible, horrible things that you went through. And, but there were also some, I thought, very interestingly... So you, you get the, once again, the humanization act, action is, okay, we're, we're trying to portray him as just a, a a poor, flawed human being who's been through a lot of tough stuff, you know. Yeah, like being the son of a senator, a sitting senator back in, you know, forever and a day, uh, going to Yale Law School, uh, yeah, he's really had it rough uh, in terms of having to deal with that. So, yeah, Hunter Biden. Um, so, for example, in 2006, who was trained as a lawyer at Yale, ran his own Washington lobby firm, uh, Old Acre, Biden, and Belair, which he co-founded in 2002 with William Oldacre, Biden's former campaign treasurer for Congress. Um, in mid-2006, Hunter, along with Biden's brother, James Biden, acquired the hedge fund Paradigm Global Advisors a few months before Biden was to become the SFRC chairman again and launch uh, a a presidential uh, bid. This is, um, so that gives you, you know, 
Uh, that's just a quick snippet of his uh, background, but uh, we'll go back to this interview. Positive things like you finding a friend, uh, a crack addict on the street who then moved into your house and you had this kind of great relationship with other than the crack. Yeah, other than the crack, right? And But uh, it's a... That relationship I wanted to really um, detail in the book because I think that so many addicts are completely dehumanized. Um, you know, Rhea is her name in the book, and you pass this person on the street a hundred times in this neighborhood um, uh, in so many different cities. And she was a, um, a, a crack addict, but, you know, she was a, a mother and a daughter. Uh, she was a friend. She didn't... Um, and I don't think anybody chooses that life. And what I really wanted to write the book for was to humanize um, people suffering from addiction. But also, I wrote the book, and it, more than anything, it's a love letter to the people that uh, are loving someone that's struggling with addiction. Because it's so hard for them to understand why it is that their love just can't get through. Why it is that if they just love them more, that somehow they would be able to cure them. And the one thing that I found to be more powerful than the most powerful love I knew, which is the love of my family, was um, my addiction. And I hope that this is um, provides some people with some real hope. That if they're just persistent and they continue, that uh, when that person's ready to reach for that love, uh, maybe they'll be able to find their way out of that deep, dark hole. Yeah, boy, was your dad persistent. I mean, <laughs> very, very persistent. Yeah, and exactly. I can't imagine the nightmare yeah. that 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 he must have been going through. Yeah. And then reading about your, your story about when you were a little boy. Now you won't notice this, but uh, so Jimmy Kimmel mentioned about his dad. And if you looked at the Hunter, his response or reaction there, you can you uh hunter is no longer um happy or pleasantly uh, uh presenting his mouth his mouth tightens he has a look in his eyes that says no my dad's a jerk off but you know that's just me reading his body language at that particular moment somebody may draw a different conclusion but i didn't uh looking at that i i don't get a sense that uh his uh father is uh Somebody he's uh, turned to for uh, uh, consoling as much as he would like to uh, like like to portray here. So we'll continue on. And how you were around all these politicians that we now know, and you know they call you into the office, and you get to go, you know, see these things, and these yeah. are friends of your your dad's. And then when you talk about like Lindsey Graham being on television mm -hmm. and, and attacking you. Um, and that he's a, somebody that you consider to be a family friend. He was a friend of your father's, and how strange that must be to see that happen. Yeah, to see a it, person do that. It's really, more than anything, sad. Um, the Senate that, my brother and I, you know, we grew up in Wilmington. My dad commuted every day. So, but we knew the Senate. He would take us down, and we, would, we had a rule. We could go with him at any time, anywhere that we wanted to which sometimes we <laughs> took a little too much of a day to joke. Mm -hmm. But, we, um, uh, but we, we saw my dad and got to become uh, friends. Well, not as kids, but they were like uncles. Um, and, and, you know, whether Republican or Democrat. 
politics has become so toxic. It has, um, and I think that the, the thing that I hope my dad is able to bring back is his genuine um, desire to take some of that toxicity out again. So I, I, I had a deep respect for Senator Graham. And it's just sad um, to see um, the way in which he has decided to not just attack me, but to approach politics. Yeah, but also to the way he attacked you. You wrote in the book, um, <laughs> I do want to talk about this, you know, the Ukraine yeah. and, or Ukraine and, um, yeah. and it became some, an issue. It became something, it gave yeah. Donald Trump something to grab onto. Yeah. He almost got, well, he did get impeached yeah. as a result of it, but yeah. um, you wrote, did I make a mistake by taking a seat on the board of a Ukrainian gas company? No. Did I display a lack of judgment? No. Would I do it again? No. Yeah, and I, I meant what I said. I meant what I wrote. Is that? Uh... Yeah, that's uh, quite a. Um, for as much as you wrote a huge book, and, and there was no real discussion there at all. So you know, he makes um, the declare. So Jimmy Kimmel picked out the nice little declarative station, uh, declarative uh, statements where there can be no discussion of what the the situation is. It's quite quite entertaining. And then this uh, uh, little little snippet on uh, Lindsey Graham, like uh, Lindsey Graham is a rhino, and we all know that if you pay attention to him, he he talks a big game, and he talks he'll get all fiery. He got fiery at the Brett Kavanaugh hearing and all that kind of stuff. But in and 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 no, oh, by the way, that's probably due to the fact that Kavanaugh Kavanaugh was a, a George. Uh, George uh, W. or George uh, Bush, uh, Herbert Walker Bush, uh, uh, kind of an appointee, appointee early on in the 90s, and then it became a worked for George W. Uh, in the, I forget what his um, uh, role, but he was appointed to the federal bench, I think, in 2006, but he, he actually wrote papers or wrote uh, legal positions for the, the Bush administration during uh, the Iraq War era, so... Uh, and of course, Lindsey Graham being uh, uh, probably a, a close, close in ties to uh, Bush while trying to uh, uh, placate Trump, or he tries to manipulate Trump through his, you know, you know, Trump. Uh, he's a he's a Trump has ego got in the way of more than one occasion where he could have made a better decision. So it's entertaining to listen to uh, uh, good old Hunter here talk about somebody and the toxicity level in, in Washington, D.C., well, the toxicity level's been driven up or amped up by uh, particularly the Democratic side of the party. The Republicans usually just stay, stay keep their mouth shut, and uh, the only thing they're interested in is what kind of graft or corruption they're involved in on a regular basis, whereas the Democrats are actually pushing forward their Marxist agenda, and they're, they're doing it, and oh, Joe Biden won't fix anything, and he knows that. He knows his dad. He should know. He knows his dad better than anybody else. But you know, he's got to obviously come out and say the right things. I mean, that's just that goes without saying. Uh, you know, go to the beginning. Is that you know, I went to Yale Law School. Um, I served on uh, at least a dozen boards before Burisma. I was a vice chairman of the board of Amtrak. Um, I was a chairman of the board of the uh, World Food Program U.S., largest uh, supporting the largest humanitarian organization in the world. I had an expertise in corporate governance. I was asked to serve on the board for corporate governance, and I was a lawyer at um, Boyd, Schiller, and Flexner, which was how I was first approached. However, what I didn't take into account was 
the way in which they would use the perception against my dad. And for that, I, I, I have, uh, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. The only problem with that, that narrative is, is it's total bullshit. So first of all, he, yeah, he, he's trying to rebuild himself and say, look, I, you know, look at all these things I've accomplished. I wound up being put on boards of different corporations and stuff like that, Amtrak and whatever. So, I mean, is that happening to the rest of us? Oh, I'm a lawyer too, blah, blah, blah. Well, then if you're a lawyer, then you should understand the law, especially the criminal law, especially criminal law in relationship to drugs. But uh, let's not get into the, get into the weeds too much there. Um, the Ukrainian thing was uh, set off by, uh, a partic- uh, in particular, uh, the Ukraine uh, incidents in the late late 2013, as it so happened that uh, the Russians were involved there due to the fact that there was a financing deal that was going on and the Ukrainians were, I guess, short of cash and the IMF was uh, working to try to provide them a deal and the Russians offered them a better deal. And then, of course, the the U.S. obviously didn't want that to happen because obviously they want Ukraine in their they want Ukraine in their corner. They didn't want them to have any linkages to the the Russians. Of course, Ukraine was used to be a part of the USSR. So, you know, this is all politi- po- polit- politics and power plays. But what he doesn't talk about is the fact that once once uh, the Ukraine's uh, uh, Ukrainian uh, government fell apart in February of uh, 2014. Um, a lady named um, Assistant Secretary of State Victoria Newland and uh, Joffrey Pratt and a host of other ambassadors really in the State Department were involved there. And Joe Biden was the point guy. His father was the point man over in Ukraine. And it just so happens that one of his uh, um, longtime uh, associates, uh, a, name, a lady by Evelyn uh, Lieberman, who was still alive then? I think she died in late 2015. So Evelyn 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 Lieberman used to be his uh, press secretary back in the early 90s, and then she moved on to be the press secretary for the Clintons and Madeleine Albright. So she was heavily involved there. As it just so happens, her husband knows a guy named Rintek Akhmeteshin, who is a Ukrainian national, but but worked as an, a counter terror counter what was a counterintelligence in uh, the Russian FSB in the 1980s. So we're talking about a lot of history there. And oh, by the way, Rentek was the, at the meeting uh, along with uh, Lieberman uh, at the Trump Tower meeting in, I think it was June of 2016. Uh, so there's a lot more going on here than what he's mentioning. And of course, he's not going to get into the weeds because that's not the, this is a fluff piece. This is just, but the idea is, is they gloss over the things that they don't want to talk about because obviously, if anyone really gets them uh, gets them uh, pointed down, that they would have a, a substantial um, amount of questioning that they would have to uh, avoid and ignore. Do it again for that reason. Yeah, yeah. Does it make you crazy when you hear someone like Donald Trump Jr. saying that the only reason he is because he's a Biden and because uh, of his last name and how just wildly comical that is. I mean, does it? It, it is wildly comical. That's putting it um, uh, lightly, I think. But but you know, I really what I've learned is this: is that I don't spend too much time thinking about. It. I do. I think about it all the time. <laughs> I think about it. For- yeah, he doesn't spend too much time thinking about it. That's that's definitely the case. So I'm gonna. 
I, there's about oh there's about three minutes left in this this but i don't think there's really going to be a whole lot more to be fleshed out in this so we're going to move on to jack maxi who i, uh, I this is from the eric matakis show um I'm just going to play a short snippet. I've played this before in another uh, bot podcast, but I'm going to let uh, uh, Jack uh, talk about it. Be alone with any of the children in the family. He is not allowed to call them, speak to them. His own sister calls him despicable. His sister-in-law accuses him. In fact, there's one time in which the sister-in-law, who also, uh, this is quite frightening for our Christian listeners, this is Bo's widow. Hunter begins an affair with her and then later is accused of abusing her daughter. They are all I'm just, there's so many things here. Forgive me. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I just want to make, uh, make sure that I'm clear. There, there's a lot here. Um, what you're talking about is criminal, uh, is criminal stuff, obviously. 100% criminal stuff. And let's remember Mrs. Biden, Jill Biden, Dr. Jill Biden, an educator, is obligated under Delaware law with any knowledge of potential abuse of a child to take it to the authorities under penalty of criminal prosecution for her. His sister, Ashley, is a licensed social worker. But my my question, I mean, I still have a couple questions just to, to, to follow up what you've already said. First of all, why would the FBI show up and immediately asked a question about child pornography. In other words, that's completely mystifying to me. What, what 100%. Is your guess? Why yeah. would you ask that question unless you already had an inkling that this boy had a flavor for this sort of behavior? And I can tell you, I've had Americans who live in Beijing who have told me stories that they have heard from people in China, Chinese intelligence officers who openly would discuss how depraved Hunter Biden was. Now, Hunter Biden, uh, uh, there's an a article written by Maureen Dowd in early January of 2019 in which she says Hunter Biden and his various business dealings, etc., are going to be what uh, is very questionable for Joe Biden's future as uh, being able to be elected. Now, Hunter responds to that article by making multiple contacts with uh, people in his family, uh, I believe his uh, therapist, etc. And when he's speaking to his sister-in-law, he actually says something very disturbing. He says, have you read it? Have you read it? She says, no, Hunter, I haven't read it. He said, read it and I'll text you back. So he texts her back and she says, what do you think? She goes, well, Hunter, I don't know what to think because... Uh, you do have a very strange business career. And he says, oh, you're probably one of those people who believes the stories that I killed those girls in Beijing or that I was there when they killed the children in Donetsk, Ukraine. All right, I wanted all to... all writing, my friend. It's all yeah. on my Twitter feed. H- hang on, uh, Jack. <laughs> now, I'm not, I'm not going to go any further on that because, I mean, that, uh, and that's why Eric interrupted him there, too, which he did a lot in this interview, but uh, gets better as he goes on. And it's an hour long, and I'm, um, there's, just, there's a host of uh, betrayal angles in terms of, uh, for example, there was an a, a investigation that was done uh, by Typhoon Investigations on Hunter Biden. And this was a, a, about a 60-page document. I put the links in the description of this uh, uh, podcast, which links back to my website, dcfpress.com. Uh, 
So I've been I you know I've been on this since and it broke basically in late September. Um, excuse me for a second. Uh, allergies are kicking in. So, anyways, um, I, in late uh, September, GTV.org, and it was actually on um, a YouTube channel, they published uh, about a 13-minute snippet. Uh, this was related to uh, three laptops, three um, three hard drives, the, the Hunter Biden laptop, uh, the laptop that was taken... Um, there was another laptop that was discussing uh, the U.S. plan, uh, the plans by the globalists, uh, the Chinese in particular, uh, with regards to how they were going to um, uh, lay out or take over uh, the world in a, in a roundabout way. And a third, a third one had their financial information. So somehow or another, someone got a lot of this information. And a matter of fact, included in those uh, those the discussions was. Uh, Michael Bloomberg, who um, he donated $1.1 billion into the Federal Election Committee uh, at, on the website. If you go there, you can find out how much Bloomberg uh, was put into the 2020 election. Now, he didn't do that without no—he uh, uh, wanted money back, obviously. You don't spend $1.1 billion unless you're going to get money back. Plus, he probably did it because he was being uh, blackmailed. Uh, through some other uh, outlets or adventures because even his some of it I think is one of his employees over in East Asia uh, went missing uh, arrested for saying something that uh, the Chinese Communist Party does not like you can't say anything you can't speak out against the Chinese Communist Party American businesses are doing this and they're most of their businessmen over there are probably compromised in one way shape or form or American corporations who do business over in China are beholden to a certain set of rules and they're willing to do it as long as they're getting paid. Um, these are, this is the level of, of uh, stupid that's going on in, under our nose and, and Hunter Biden's privy and also uh, complicit in all this, uh, this these situations. So I'm going to read a part of this uh, outline because I haven't read it in a while. And like anything else, you'll, you'll get a feel for what's going on. So it's called The Approach. At a political level, China route, route through Yang, according to Source, a senior finance professional in China, who not only was Biden's diplomatic counterpart on the state-level matters, but communicates with Hunter directly. At a business level, China route in, in uh, via Lin, a Taiwanese national who graduated from Yale in 1991, worked in the 1990s in U.S. financial institutions, and then moved to China, where he worked for a politically connected S. SOE founder group in Beijing. Together with James Bulger, White, that's Whitey Bulger's uh, relation, the son of the longtime Massachusetts uh, uh, Senator William Bulger and nephew of organized crime boss James Bulger, they founded the Thornton Group in 2007, which acted as a government relations consultancy in the United States and China. From its inception, Thornton had had a close relationship with the state legislative leaders foundation, a U.S. nonprofit, nonpartisan, independent NGO, for the leaders of the American state legislature, who, whose president is Steve Lakus. In October 2007, Lynn invited Lakus and and other SF, 
SLLF representatives to visit Beijing, where they met with Chinese government leaders to discuss the U.S.-China trade relationship at a time when the U.S. government announced further anti-subsidy sanctions against China. It was a write-up published in the Chinese media and translated onto Thornton's website on October 11, 2007. Lakis is quoted as, uh, as saying that the anti-subsidy policies were driven by Congress, not federal government, adding, I believe the Chinese people's understanding of America is much deeper than Americans have on China. Thornton and the SLLF's goal was to hold a summit conference in Beijing in 2008 or 2009, which will invite more than 30 legislative leaders and business leaders from all states to come to China and communicate with representatives of the Chinese government and to promote each state's states congress understanding towards chinese culture and economy the uh, the articles the, the same article thornton planned to invest in waste power plants in china and set up investment fund on green energy and infrastructure in order to attract companies and overseas capital to invest in china's green energy and infrastructure market there are no indications that any uh, that any thornton investment waste power plants were ever were built so it was just a you know a a nice to say, and we know, or we would know if uh, people reported on it. China last year uh, built more uh, cold, uh, cold fire power, power plants than anywhere else in the world. They built enough energy. They built as many coal power plants as needed to uh, uh, to provide energy to Germany as an uh, entire country. That's where they're at, and they don't they don't have any regulations on it. They just throw them up, and they don't care how much they pollute. And yet they, 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 this, this whole, uh, climate quandary is a bunch of BS, but that's, that's being pushed on all of us in order for us to swallow it hook, line and sinker. Let's see here. I'm going to get down to something related to, uh, Mr. Uh, Biden. So let's see here. Let's see here if there's anything I can get directly to. So what you'll find out is a lot of these people they have they've been in the mix for a number of years and and who they work with, I mean they 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 have all these meetings and they set up these they set up cutouts they set up these uh, paper mache companies and LLCs and whatnot and that's how they funnel money through through and around uh, um, I guess you could say uh, legal uh, observation and or uh, regulation so. Likewise, Thornton exists on its websites in the China Daily on China Wikipedia-style websites or local government meeting records mentioned here along with China's Council for the Promotion of International Trade. Chinese media and none of Thornton's deals appear to have been completed save for the BHR partnership, which is Bohai Harvest. A similar pattern of deal announcements and no end projects is generally the hallmark of fraud operations or front companies. In the case of Lynn and Thornton, it appears the only real activity they are engaging in is co-opting U.S. politicians and promoting Chinese culture. Their only visible achievement has been to partner Hunter with Chinese state money. Source B and Source C from two separate national intelligence agencies have confirmed that Lynn is a person of interest for his work on behalf of China. So this just gives an idea of, you know, this is a very long report. It's very detailed. I suggest if you run and learn more about what's going on with uh, uh, the interactions, there's diagrams, there's pictures, and it gives a, a grand overview of what what uh, somebody like um, 
Hunter Biden, who he was dealing with, who he was talking to, to uh, the people he got to know. So the Daily Mail uh, did an article, and uh, this was republished by um, uh, Joe Hoff of uh, Gateway Pundit. The Daily Mail confirmed in report Friday what we already knew, the abandoned Hunter Biden laptop is legit. The Daily Mail wrote on Friday, Hunter's, Hunter Biden's tell-all autobiography promised the unvarnished story of his struggles with drugs, family turmoil, and his controversial love life. But there were many shocking details of his debauched, debauched life that that the president's son chose not to share with readers, including details of his fragile relationship with his father. Now the Daily Mail can reveal the, the secrets Hunter chose not to divulge, exposed in the contents of his abandoned laptops and verified by top forensic experts. So the bomb, the bombshell cache of 103,000 text messages, 154,000 emails, and more than 2,000 photos, including dozens of videos, are packed with revelations conveniently missed from the memoir, including how he begged his father to run for the president in 2019 to salvage Hunter's own reputation, how he repeatedly dodged police action against him despite constantly dealing with drug pushers and prostitutes, have a, multiple run-ins. He had a fixer on a, on his um, staff. Uh, Biden did. Uh, there was a a guy who went around cleaning up after Hunter's messes, which were probably well known. Secret Service. Hunter was guarded by a Secret Service agent while on a 2018 drug and prostitution binge into Hollywood, despite not being in, entitled to protection at the time. And amid denials from the federal agency, yeah, the um, Apple Bomb uh, dot. Uh, WordPress.com does an excellent job of breaking down uh, Hunter Biden's antics. Uh, he's a security analyst, intelligence person, intelligence gatherer uh, on, um, on par with the best that I've seen. Um, he's, he has uh, access to the Hunter Biden laptop. He's gathered intel from a numerous, num- numerous sources regarding uh, Hunter and Applebaum has published, uh, I, I included in this uh, host of uh, things regarding it, good and, and there are times when uh, people are trying to circulate uh, misinformation, which is they circulate something uh, to try to uh, level up the depravity. But what they're really trying to do is trying to uh, insert false information into real information. Therefore, people will like, well, if that's false, then everything else is false. It's a it's a nice way to get people to shift their focus off of the rea- uh, off the real stuff and get them complaining about something that you know was added or additionally put in into it in order to uh, get uh, uh, the to get the the narrative change, which is that he's being set up and this is all false. And of course, our our federal agencies would love to do that since now the federal agencies are being run by. Joe Biden's administration. As a matter of fact, when um, Joe was uh, Joe's son Hunter was being he's being uh, represented, and uh, I guess some legal investigation that his representative happens to work with the federal prosecutor now that's been assigned to the Hunter case. They just so happened that they were just working together just a few months ago at the same law firm. So, you know, it's pretty easy to know the outcome of that situation when you. You uh, set it up so that uh, uh, the people that are investigating your son are the same people that used to used to uh, work alongside the people that are defending your son. So, I mean, that's just the way it works. 
and this is the way our justice system is now working and operating especially if you're on the if you have the right political leanings and ties and you have a um quote unquote you've been uh, um compromised in such a way that if if the real truth got out about what you're doing it may th- throw a shine light on other people that are dirty and despicable so they're going to make this disappear as quickly as possible that's why they're sending him out on this uh rehab tour of his reputation but he gets paid three million dollars or whatever advance on his book and it's just it's just sick and liberals will eat it up they'll they'll feel sorry for him and and they'll feel sorry for a guy who's known to be involved in a whole bunch of other stuff uh so anyway there's there's plenty of evidence with regard to uh, hunter so let's see here. And a matter of fact, like the New York, uh, the Daily Mail is confirming the work of uh, the Gateway Pundit and the New York Post. Um, let's see here. There's more. I'm going to try to stick to something. I, I uh, will play the remaining bit of the Jimmy Kimmel interview. I, I think I think I've kind of made some of my point and then we'll go back to Jack Maxey and wrap it up. Maybe that's why, because I have other people to think about it for me. I have other people to think about it for me. Do you know Donald yeah. Trump Jr.? No. You've never met him? No, never met him. Okay. No. I didn't know. I didn't know. Maybe you guys went to a school together or something like that. Oh, You've never met the guy. No, no, that's no not that I know of. Not that I know of. But yeah. I thought, yeah, but you say not that I know of. some pretty, pretty rough places. I've seen, you on, I've seen you on some interviews, and uh, you know, talking about the laptop. This became yeah. this big thing, the laptop. And when they ask you if that was your laptop, you say you don't know, which is hard to believe unless you read the book. Yeah. And then it's kind of like, I'm surprised you have shoes on. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> I, I, made it, I made it to that. Pants were the problem. Pants were the problem. <laughs> Pants are always yeah, the problem, always really. The problem. Yeah. yeah. No, you know, look, I really don't know. And the fact of the matter is it's a red herring. It is absolutely red herring. But... I am absolutely, um, I think, within my, my rights to question anything that comes from the, uh, from the desk of Rudy Giuliani. Um, and so, I don't know, is the answer. Do you ever wish you had Apple Care? Yeah, that would have been a good one. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, one other yeah. thing I want to ask about, because it's the end of the book, and... Um, so, I don't, that's all we need to learn. That was the last little snippet with him... Uh, so it, it makes a big difference that it came from Rudy Giuliani. And I think Rudy uh, had did about as much as anyone could have uh, done to uh, expose the Hunter antics, the Devin Archer, who have all both of them ha- happen out in Ukraine. Rudy focused on the Ukrainian aspect, whereas now the, the f- focus is more on uh, uh, on China, obviously because of their the, their threat to us and it just so happens that now ukraine and russia are going are um uh, russia is now going to spar with ukraine and this is a part of the strategy to get the united states uh uh destabilized fully because if we you know we're obviously ukrainians uh protector and if we have to go in and get involved in something regarding russia the proxy world there a proxy war there that's going to shift focus uh, away from other things, namely the border, the U.S. border, uh, the U.S. southern border. So you're going to have immigration. You're going to have some kind of conflict there. Plus, China's trying to start a conflict over uh, with Taiwan, 
and a host of other nations. Um, the idea is, is that to keep the U.S. occupied all around the world with many problems, plus uh, destroy their economy in the same breath, which we're doing a well enough job of our own because, of course, Biden now has signed off on or wants to push forward these infrastructure projects that aren't infrastructure projects. They're just pork barrel spending, and, and we're just... We're just printing money like it's going out of style, and Hunter is, you know, you know, he of course he's he seems like a sideshow, but Hunter is a key aspect to the the reason why. Uh, well, if you look at the Trump investigation, the idea was is when his uh, his curiosity into the Ukrainian incident led to an impeachment. Well, that was a that was also a uh, a way for the Democrats to keep him occupied because that's all it was about. That was all about the only thing they wanted to do was keep Trump occupied away from actually doing anything or accomplishing anything. There's been interviews done by on other folks that, you know, uh, as far as even the border thing, uh, Trump was willing to negotiate with the Democrats on on DACA recipients. So he actually doubled the amount of people that he was willing to uh, consider uh, a path to citizenship as long as he got uh, a wall built. In other words, he was planning on allowing 1.6 million uh, uh, people uh, deferred in the delay entry program, the DACA program that was set up for minors that were uh, brought to this country uh, through no fault of their own. Um, he was willing to work with them on that. But uh, as it turned out, the both the, both uh, Pelosi and uh, Chuck Schumer uh, nixed that idea because, of course, they, didn't, they said they didn't want to give Trump a win. It was more about the say this was all about this has always been about stopping any any actual solutions or or protection of this country. The idea is for these Democrats and for the Republicans too um, when it comes to immigration is to destabilize this country and to get vote voter they want they want cheap labor and they want cheap votes as a matter of fact, New York just did that too they also uh, they're planning on giving uh, people who who didn't qualify for uh, benefits under the COVID Act. They're planning on giving them fifteen thousand dollars or some crazy amount of money, which is all bullshit because you know it's just they're, they're, they're taking they're either taking our tax money or they're printing up money in order to give to these folks. And it's just I mean, it, 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 you know it's just a roundabout way of saying reparations. That's all it is. It's it, it you know, uh, uh, they're they're trying to devalue and dilute that the idea of uh, citizenry in the United States of America, and the fact that they're doing that while they're ignoring crimes like what Hunter was engaged in for over a decade, and we didn't even get into the fact that he was uh, drummed out of the Navy after I think exactly one day of uh, he got in, he got it uh, what do you call it. Um, uh, signed on to the Navy, initiated. I forget what the uh, what they call it. Um, the, the term. There's a specific term for it. But uh, the very next day, he uh, popped positive for uh, his drug habit. This was in 2013, and so and then within six months, he was in China working on his first deal with the Chinese, or well, not first deal, but probably the first of many deals that he'd already done. And then a few months later, he was out in Ukraine, and he wound up on the board of Burisma, 
just so happens with his best friend buddy Devin Archer. So they both show up out there. Uh, they were there to babysit, and then as soon as um, as soon as Trump got into office, and uh, a, a CIA, a former CIA operative, uh, Joseph Carter Black, shows up out there in, in February of 2017, and he was there as a handler too. So that should tell you what they were looking of the way we look at things. All these people are interconnected and intertwined. It's not. It's not a. It's not just random. Random. Uh, random that these people show up there. And I think the most important thing is to realize that all these. Uh, all these situations surrounding the the Hunter Biden laptop, um, if they would have come out in the way they were supposed to come out. Um, First of all, the 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 according to Jack Maxey here, the FBI had the had the laptop as soon as December seventh of uh, twenty nineteen. So they had the they had the laptop in their hands in December of twenty nineteen, and that wasn't produced or provided in any way, shape, or form to undermine the narrative that the that Trump was was out of out of his out of his out of his discretion or element to to investigate the situation that was regarding Hunter Biden's uh, affiliation with Burisma and or what was going on out in Ukraine because there was a money there was there's a substantial evidence that there was money being t- us passed around to American citizens that was foreign that was our taxpayer money that was going into going into Ukraine and then going out to uh, uh, through other people's hands and there should be an investigation into that. And I'm not the only one that's noticed that. There's a, a numerous writers out there. I think his name is Peter Schweitzer is one of them. Uh, there's been investigations by the Epoch Times and numerous other organizations that have taken a crack at, you know, trying to trying to decipher this, this malaise of uh, stupidity. So I'll say my... my Fast forward a little bit on this Jack Maxey interview. I think I can uh, find the spot that I'm looking for, hopefully, by random. If not, you'll get a few extra minutes of that, and then we'll close out and um, close out for Sunday. Cover up their own failure in their jobs. Remember, Peter Strzok, Price Step, they were number one and two. Actually, Price Step was one, Stroke was number two. Encounter espionage at the FBI. Their entire mandate was to make sure that things like Hunter Biden and his relationship with oligarchs in the Eastern Bloc and the Stan countries and in uh, with the communist Chinese do not occur. And yet they failed in that. Now, did they fail because they're incompetent or did they fail because they're compromised? I don't know the answer to that. If it, it's just because they're incompetent, then we really need to think about tearing those those uh, structures of those organizations down. If it's because they're compromised, then my gosh, we have a serious, serious problem on our hands. Because when we're talking about national security, and this is very important for your listeners to understand, that means that every single American's life is at risk. That means that from the smallest child to the oldest person in America and future generations have been put at risk, and the very people tasked with our safety and security betrayed us 100%. And when I talked about those purchases of strategic assets, the only way I know this is because Hunter, obviously, as things were going uh, down for him, 
believed that he was going to get caught in my mind. And he started creating kill files of documents that would incriminate other people, including his uncle Jim, including Jeff Cooper, including Eric Schwerin, who ran the broker dealer, everybody he could think of to incriminate. He did. The documents are all there. But you're suggesting that the reason they haven't gone after him is because of that. They have to protect themselves. I mean, all bureaucracies at a certain point exist for their own sake rather than for the sake of we're gonna, the mandate. We're going to have to go to another break. Folks, I'm talking to Jack. So, yeah, there, he actually, that was a pretty good money shot there. That uh, So you have these people. The FBI has this laptop. They have all this information. Their, their job is to protect our national security, and yet they failed at it, and they've been failing at it miserably. And we've heard recently that they're shifting the focus from actually um, looking at foreign uh, uh, terrorism and foreign investigation. And now they're, they're, they're solely and keenly interested on focusing in on the American population, particularly those that were uh, either either are tied or not even – it doesn't even really matter whether they were tied to the January 6th event. Uh, they're just using that as an excuse to do a, to do a broad-reaching – uh, um, uh, terrorism campaign on the American people. Uh, they can call it what they want. They're lying about it because they'll they're gonna they're gonna they have to per, they have to position it that way to make it like they're trying to be they're trying to protect. They'll say, well, we're trying to protect uh, the American people from other American people that are doing things that are evil and wrong, and then nothing can be. There's always going to be bad people in the United States. There's always bad people in every country around the world. That's that's not the that's not the that's not the question at all. I mean, uh, they haven't been going after crime in all the major metropolitan areas in the United States of America. In fact, they they don't even go after crime uh, uh, legitimately in their own in, in Washington D.C. They just had a um, a sixty six year old Pakistani uh, gentleman who. Got uh, got carjacked and then he wound up getting killed by two uh, minor minor kids, uh, thirteen and fifteen year old black girls, and they gave him a plea. Gave these these two uh, kids uh, kids evidently you could call them kids. Uh, they're teenagers. Gave them uh, plea bargains in two weeks. They never do that for anybody else. They never do that for the reason why they did it quickly so they can make the story go away. Um, and they only got they only going the, evidently the plea bargains are struck so that they'll by 21 they'll be able to be released so they're going to get you know 6 to 8 years apiece for killing a man a felony murder while they did that so the FBI or anybody the the prosecutors in these districts and F, and when you're talking about Washington DC you're talking about a federal district the laws there are substantially different so, but the 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 focus and the honing in on what went on on January sixth, which was a setup. Uh, there were multiple. There were there were idiots there from the obviously the MAGA point of view, but there were plenty of idiots there that were there from Antifa and BLM, and there was a Ukrainian element, which so happened to be there, um, uh, a right organization that's tied to Petro Poroshenko, who was. Uh, uh, good buddies with uh, Joe Biden, so uh, take that for what you will. There was there were numer numerous elements there, and they all had their 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 goals and objectives were pretty much all the same. Uh, they wanted to stop any kind of uh, election 
election review done by our Congress, and our Congress didn't want it to be done either. They were don't be led led astray that uh, that they there were people there that were legitimately going to review any of that. Matter of fact, it just so happened. I mean, what what would have possessed any if you were on the on the quote unquote MAGA side? You would have no. There was no inclination to disrupt the, the proceeding whatsoever. The ones that were supposedly disrupting the proceeding, either they were easily agitated into that per- particular situation because they're not very intelligent, or they, you know, they came there with their own beef or whatever. Or maybe they're not really even. Maybe they were just covering themselves up as uh, mega. There's no way to know. I mean, they're not going to do a proper investigation. The FBI knew about something going on uh, prior the day prior, and they didn't put any more security around the Capitol building. So that should tell you something too. They weren't they weren't interested at all in stopping anything from happening. They wanted something to happen. They they probably invited it. They maybe very well planned it, and uh, we'll never get the whole truth there because no one's ever going to. Uh, no one in our government, our current government, is is even remotely interested in getting to those uh, answers, and thus we, you know, we know that's the truth because they don't, they didn't want to get to the bottom of the Hunter Biden situation. We still don't know about Jeffrey Epstein. We know they've gathered tons and tons and tons of evidence regarding the, the Epstein situation, which, oh by the way, happened in August of was he was arrested in July and he was dead by August of 2019. And uh, Bill Barr, who Bill Barr's got his hands in the cookie jar on a bunch of situations. Um, the attorney, former attorney general of the United States, two-time attorney general, once for George Herbert Walker Bush, and now, uh, and now formerly of the Trump administration. Um, it seems quite interesting that on his watch, we had riots in the streets. We had Jeffrey Epstein die in a maximum, I guess you could call a maximum security. Uh, a holding a facility for that holds the likes of guys like El Chapo, and he isn't dead. Um, just a lot of a lot of coincidences there. And then, of course, Barr was uh, he came out later and did an interview and talked about the election it was all BS, and uh, he's been uh, he's been chirping in the background, and and of course, you know, he's aligned with uh, he's aligned with the rhinos. He's a uh, he's a he's probably he's just a he was a plant neocon that, unfortunately, Trump, um, Trump's um, Trump's ego and Trump's inability to just know that certain people can't be used, no matter how much they say they'll be a, do a good job. The Republicans have surrounded him as much as uh, they they tried to foster his policy issues, based upon their objective was to keep him from actually doing anything. Or actually protecting our country. Bill Barr didn't get anywhere with any investigation on anything. John Durham didn't do shit for the United States of America. He still hasn't done anything. It's April. It's been six months. It's been six or seven months since uh, since he was supposed to produce something back in October and September when he said he was really close. He's been investigating or supposedly investigating as long as Mueller did on Trump. Uh, so why haven't we heard anything? You're not going to hear anything. The idea is to just gradually make these things disappear. That's the whole concept of uh, politics anymore. If we, they, they'll they'll make a they'll make a big uh, to do. They'll make the appearance of doing something without actually ever doing anything. We're in a crisis because of this. This is the reason why people like Hunter Biden get to 
roll out a, a million dollar book deal. And it just so happens um, that uh, Mike Pence has also got a book coming out. So go figure there. Uh, and I guess he got a, a f- advance on his book deal. I'm sure he's trying to paint himself as this, you know, great person, blah, blah, blah. Um, I didn't really think much of Pence. I didn't think of much of him one way or another, but uh, there was some uh, information that came out just uh, right around the, just prior to the January 6th event that made uh, made one rethink what you should think of him. I, it turns out him and uh, Paul Ryan were, were uh, doing something in the background uh, prior to the uh, the 2016 election. Um, the idea was that they were trying to hijack Trump. Uh, you know, obviously got him got pins on the ticket because he was supposed to be uh, basically a monitor and babysitter for Trump. The idea was is to keep Trump. They were trying to let him get let him have the appearance of doing something and getting something accomplished while. If he say, for example, he made an executive order, or, or there was a policy, uh, uh, for example, or a legislative agreement that came through, they would allow certain things to go through, but then they would undermine or hijack the situation that they created. They did that with uh, the First Step Act. Uh, many of the people that were being released under the First Step Act, which was a, uh, a prison or um, criminal reform uh, to let out nonviolent offenders. Uh, that were uh, overly punished, uh, Trump signed that. Trump even uh, pushed it, uh, at least as much as that, you know, he was trying to do something beneficial by giving people that weren't uh, uh, supposedly high risk. Well, as it turns out, it seems like many of the people that they were releasing were not, uh, quote-unquote, uh, as eligible or qualified for the, the, the grace that was being provided under the First Step Act uh, in other words, they were releasing uh, some bad ad- apples, and of course, it just so happened that uh, the 2020 events later on showed that crime increased. And of course, how many of those, uh, how many of those that were released were rearrested due to the fact that they were they weren't uh, they weren't the people that you wanted to be the ones released under this first step back. So there's a host of things that are going on. In terms of government corruption, government cover-up, um, and the fact that we have a sitting president whose son is as, is, um, I guess you could say, reprehensible as they come. So um, I'm going to play a little bit more from this, and then we're going to call it a, call it a wrap. So Tweeting this stuff out. Um, if, if, if all of this is true, uh, and I have no reason to believe it isn't from what you're saying, um, I guess... Why would you think the election wouldn't have been compromised? In other words, the the levels of corruption are so disturbing that, in other words, I I just think that the the corruption is, if we don't deal with the corruption on all these levels, we we cease to be America. We are not America as long as we have deep state actors or corrupt actors like you've been describing – in our government. It's really horrifying. I think many Americans are upset about it, but they're not quite sure what to do. Well, I've recommended people they could go and just print out maybe the uh, pages that I've highlighted on my Twitter feed or go find them for yourselves. I'd say print them out. I'd say make a thumb drive of the contents, write a letter, concerned citizen, sign your name, say I have evidence of money laundering, corruption, 
espionage, child abuse, make copies at Kinko, stick them in manila folders and mail them to your local FBI, mail them to your state banking regulators, your AG, hand them to your sheriff. At some point, somebody has to stand up and do the right thing. I think one of the most disturbing things for me is realizing that uh, I'm kind of standing alone here. And I will tell you, multiple networks have said that they will cover it only when someone else does it first because they're afraid. We went to major network that we would have thought was an ally of our uh, sort of movement. They refused to do it. This was before the election. A major British newspaper also refused. The only reason that we actually got one or two articles inside New York Post was because uh, they refused. Oh, too hot to handle, too hot to handle. And Vish Burra had a dear friend who was a reporter there, and Vish Burra was our producer. And he called her up and said, hey, you know, I've got some stuff. You might want to check it out. And she, to her credit, apparently went into her editors and said, either you publish it or I quit. And that's how we got those two stories prior to the election. But the moment the 50 former intel officers officers in quotation marks, because as an officer, they took an oath to the Constitution, and clearly they don't take it seriously. Uh, that's the only reason it was published at all before the election. Twitter, the moment they published that letter, all of our Twitter feed for War Room Pandemic was taken down by uh, Twitter as fake news. And this shows you how the interconnected nature of our intelligence services, our media, they're all connected. And somehow, whenever somebody from the CIA says something, we're supposed to accept it as gospel. Well, did, did, Fo did Fox refuse? So there, there again is the, the nature of the beast. And I don't think he has any reason to, uh, you know, um, what would you say, minimize or... or uh, or uh, overblow that, I guess, is the better word there. He's not overblowing it. I think he's he's spot on. We all know that big tech big tech is working uh, working like a glove for uh, for the powers that be. Um, the CIA is the hand, and and the big tech is the glove, the outer glove. And it just so happens that the probably you could even throw in the CCP in some way, shape, or form there as particularly a, a, a tool inside the the glove's hand um you know a scalpel because they're surgically dicing up our country and getting us uh against each other so you have these this mechanism here of uh, of uh the dc apparatus who's who's controlling uh because they obviously they've been they've been playing playing games with uh 230 and and allowing them to go ahead and kind of evade the the enforcement mechanism of that particular or your platform or your publisher well when it benefits the deep uh the deep state or the cia or the fbi who just recently uh, uh brigaded some guy or came to the door of some guy on uh twitter they tracked him so they know his ip they know his ip address based upon his twitter account and he made a he didn't even really he made a criticism on AOC, but the AOC, it wasn't a criticism. It wasn't a threat of anything. They said it was tied to the fact that somebody else had uh, uh, made made some kind of uh, disconcerting threat against her, and that they attacked this 
the guy who just made a you know rational comment about the fact that you know her uh, response was underwhelming in regards to uh, describing the Israeli and the Palestinian conflict and the solutions needed there. And I listened to what what she said, and it was a bunch of gobbledygook, and it was a fair criticism. And the guy was probably more aligned with her than anything else. But his criticism was that you know he probably has a higher expectation of his political leaders than uh, they're willing to provide. So I think it's a uh, it's it should be well well aware by now that we're not we're we're uh, we're in deep doo doo as a country. We have very very few people that are willing to stand up and do the right thing, and the only people that are willing to stand up and do the right thing are just ordinary citizens who happen to know what an internet is and know how to do background research. And the thing is, is uh, but we don't have any we don't have any we don't have a platform we don't have enough of a platform to make a difference that anybody's going to listen to us because they'll just say, well, you're just you're just you know, this way or that way, they'll say it's political and you're just driven by that, which is kind of interesting considering the fact that the New York Times and the Washington Post and all these other outlets are staunchly leftist and staunchly political, and they're their media apparatus for the Democratic Party as well as CNN and MSNBC and a host of others. I don't even really care about Fox or not. Fox is just a, they are the controlled opposition. They are just there to provide just enough of a, enough of a counterbalance so that people feel like they're getting something different in their news but that's going away um and then you got oen and next news and a bunch of other outlets um the independent creators are the ones that are doing the job the real work uh the smaller outfits that are that are actually going out and doing the 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 actual shoe leather you know looking at reports looking at uh foundation uh funding uh, looking at connections, looking at resumes, looking at where people have gone to, where they travel to, who they've contacted, who they're who they're uh, quote unquote uh, fronting their information for. So, those are the people you need to be listening to. However, even when you find a crime and you know it's a crime and you can produce the the actual uh, U.S. code or the state code that they're violating, you don't see anything happening to Hunter. He's getting to go on Jimmy Kimmel Live and talk about his life as if it's no big deal um there's a lot of us who have been through far worse experiences and yet we won't get that opportunity we don't get to, we don't get a chance to clear the air we're not important if his name wasn't hunter biden he wouldn't be on tv and his laptop uh, would be if he was anybody other than hunter biden that laptop would be a hundred years in prison for him and he knows it so um it's nice to be the nice to know how deep the double standard goes and how how poisonous our our federal bureau investigation and and the CIA have become to where they they cover for everybody in Washington D.C. and of course now they're recently going after guys like Matt Gates they're going after Ron DeSantis with a smear piece if you notice something both of those people just so happen to be down in Florida right and they're both you know obviously Trump supporters or Trump uh feel allies in, in whatever shape however you want to portray that so that should tell you something uh of course that tells you something about the biden administration it also tells you about you know who's in dc and how willing they are to subvert now i don't know any i don't know enough about the gates thing to to come to a final conclusion on him um uh, 
his his best his best friend is to to be as uh, transparent as possible about who's talking to him. When do they talk to him? His father needs to come out and make a statement. His father should have been doing some recording when he was talking to some FBI clown. There's a lot of things there. So at that point, I think we can leave it. Um, I didn't expect to talk as long as I did. Um, I'm going to do these on uh, on the weekends in the future. I've decided that that's a good way to uh, to uh, stay on point. Uh, I'll start doing more research um, on certain things and certain aspects of the events that are going on in a, on a weekly basis. Uh, I'll do Saturday and Sunday. So for those who ever do listen to my broadcast, I hope that uh, you have a wonderful weekend. Uh, the remem- re- remainder of it and that um, we can all learn to appreciate you know this country as it as it was uh, founded and how it's improved in many ways and uh, how it's also now become uh, placed under crisis by nefarious forces that the only they only thing they want is to take strip mine this country of all its resources and assets they want to strip minus of our freedoms. They want to make all the rest of us poor for being here. They've been doing this for the last 40 years. Uh, this has been slowly, slowly they, they've eroded the, the aspect of uh, being loyal to the Constitution, loyal to uh, the rule of law, uh, loyal to the ability to, to uh, educate properly and to allow people to find their answers on their own one of the most despicable parts of it has been the media and how they've portrayed our country recently and I hope that changes Um, I thank you for your time Um, stay up and God bless America